and the decisions that you're going to have to make when you're going to have to sacrifice something that, again, you feel comfortable with. Because that, essentially, that's what it is. You know, the idea of not being ready for something is a simple sacrifice of you believing you're unprepared for an unknown. There's no doubt that you can live your passion and be economically stable. In this day and age, we all have the power to shape our own life. The only thing in question is how you get there. Nobody Comes Here to Hide shares the stories of thriving Black creatives living their passion. By listening to their journeys, you can envision your own. Their stories showcase the many ways to achieve one's dreams because your journey to success is rarely what you'd imagine. Today, I have with me Brandon Ballard, who is a creative entrepreneur. He focuses on photography and community engagement. He is the founder of Brandon Captures and Peak Scholars Academy. Hey. Yes. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that was a beautiful introduction, I must add. Thank you. I do my little research slash stockings, you know. <laughs> Understood. Mm-hmm. Well, so how are you feeling today? I'm excited again to be here, uh, you know, and I'm just excited to be able to have the conversation. Yeah, I'm doing great today. I'm feeling loose. It's about to rain, but it's not raining, and that's my favorite weather. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, the, mo- the the calm before. Yeah. Um, so I noticed in your brand copy, you say quite often persistence and personality. And you'll say that kind of a couple different places. And I'm really interested in where you came up with that or the origin of that. So I define that as really like two primary components that have helped fuel not only like my business, but also my personal development as well. So what I've realized is, you know, a lot of people that are aware of my company, Branding Captures, and people that have hired me and or have partnered and worked alongside me, they understand that one thing that I'm really big on is like making sure that my personality is felt through my work. So, you know, I go over the top to make sure that, you know, my delivery of that is consistent, you know, no matter where I am, no matter, you know, how I'm represented even by others. So that's been something that has helped me really stand out in my, I guess you could say, industry. And as far as persistence, you know, just pretty straightforward, just really being persistent towards whatever your goal is or whatever it is that you see yourself becoming. Uh, You know, I've been through a lot of a lot of moments in my life where, you know, it's they're not they're not rare. They're moments that most of us as entrepreneurs and or aspiring entrepreneurs have faced. But, you know, the thing about it is that, you know, as difficult as it may get, you know, and or as easy as it may seem to turn away, I've just simply can, you know, consider the options and just always chosen to strive for it and or find a way to create that better outcome so that I could continue to work towards my goal. So persistence and personality, you know, I, I appreciate the blend. Something about me is that I really love when words come together and sound nice, you know, whether it be on paper and or, you know, visually. And so it's just like persistence and personality. I really held on to that because I felt like that's something that also helps define who I am. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so it seems like you focus a lot on attitude. Is that internally and with the people that you work with or do you focus it mostly just internally it's absolutely both it's the healthy combination of both uh mm-hmm. because your attitude what you understand about yourself and you know pretty much how you express what it is your either thoughts and or ideas are is important but it's equally important for other people to understand that as well and especially if you 
either have a place of influence and or are aspiring to be in an influential position, then you also have to understand, okay, now I really have people that not only are just kind of like looking up to me, you know, maybe they watch my lives on Monday and they're like, oh, I like what this guy says. But now you have people that are like actually trying to adapt and adjust their lives to the things that you're saying. So if you're not, if you don't understand the message that you're putting out and or you don't understand how you're putting it out and or the ways that it can be received, then there's a disconnection between whatever audience you think you have, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's not, that's not healthy for anybody. That's not healthy for either side. So I think it's an equal balance of that internal and external understanding. Mm-hmm. Can you describe more of your process for finding clarity in who your target audience is and what it is that you're giving to them? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I believe, okay. So with my story, I believe that I became a photographer on accident, you know, uh, and I always, I always sort of laugh about it because it's the number one thing that, you know, is uh, commonly known about me, you know, my photography. And it's just sort of like, to me, it sort of came out of nowhere. But the thing about it is I understood at a point in time in my life where I was doing a number of things that I was although interested in, uh, you know, just being influenced to do, uh, you know, just sort of being organically driven towards. But among all those things, photography happened to be the number one thing that connected me to people that I desired to be connected to. So mm-hmm. when you say, you know, the idea of trying to define or figure out, you know, who your audience is and then like really learning how to develop that clarity and being able to understand, okay, this is my them. And then like, how do I get this to them? It's just really like, you know, you, you become more self-aware when you understand like, what is it that I really want to do, but what is it that I want to do that also helps me get to these people, you know? And then mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very experimental. Uh, you know, I also spent eight years in the United States army. So, you know, I'm, I'm one of those types of guys that like, I rather do than just think about it. And so it's just kind of like, you know, in some cases, you know, with patients and, and things like that, you know, you're able to do, but still also, you know, be very smart about it and be very clear and intentional. But, you know, at the same time, like I, as much time as you take thinking about it, you could also be executing on it. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, I'd rather take the, the latter. Yeah. So you mentioned that you uh, fell into photography, photography um, on accident. Can you tell me the that moment when you realized, oh, this is something I can build a foundation around? Yes. Well, to sort of establish a a very quick but straightforward timeline for you, Mm -hmm. uh, it was around like 2013, I believe, that I was working at Best Buy, uh, somewhere between 2012, 2013. And I was sort of around cameras in that environment. And so it started to kind of like, you know, start to peek in in its little subliminal ways when you kind of like, you know, start having a little interest of, hey, you know, what's that? You know, what, what, what can people do with this? And it went from that to me being interested in it enough to do the research on like you know what it could be you know then I simply I already had a position and I was doing specific things in my life that I guess you could say would make sense for me to understand how to apply that and and create a business or you know create something sustainable out of it so pretty much what it became for me was I continued to grow my interest in photography I had friends that I looked up to 
you know, one of my biggest partners and friends right now, Dakota Michael Pittman. You know, he's a photographer that, you know, I was inspired by for years and would just sit, you know, look at his process and just wonder, you know, wow, like that's an amazing art form. You know, that's and it's, it's amazing that he can express his ideas and, and thoughts through this. And I just wanted to learn more about doing that. And so through, you know, learning and research and again, execution, I started to turn that into a reality, but I still had no idea and or a thought about, hey, like what if I built a business around this? And then it wasn't until the summer of 2017 when I was actually, and this is one of the biggest turning points in my life, I was working for the casino industry and I had a pretty, a pretty good nine to five. Uh, you know, I was really sit- well situated. I had been promoted through this industry almost three times. So, mm-hmm. you know, you would think that I could become a lifer in an industry like that, but there was something that was also burning within me that told me if I could be such a valuable piece within a company that was also started by one person, Mm -hmm. then why not I also, just like I did with the camera, just take the time to learn the process of what it takes to build a thing and to build it into what you see it as and then turn it into something that other people can benefit from. And then it was the combination of me actually being that photographer that was just doing things and doing it as a hobby. And then me being that hard worker, uh, you know, in the corporate, in the corporate world that saw a bigger picture for myself. And so in June, 2017, I made the decision to walk away from my full-time employment. And, you know, it, it wasn't an overnight decision, but it happened like over time and you saw it play out and you knew that this was really kind of like the outcome that you wanted, but you also know that, you know, life becomes real from here and just sort of like really take the initiative on, I know that I want to position myself to become this type of entrepreneur, but what do I have to do to do so? Yeah, that makes sense. I think that comes up a lot where you're making a choice between what feels like safety, which I think has also been pushed into question because of um, the pandemic as to like what job is actually safe. Absolutely. um, Into the... That's actually all I need to say on that. (laughs) Absolutely. No, no, no. And again, that's very straightforward. You know, it's really... It's really something that you have to understand can be rebuilt. You know, it's one thing to look at a bridge and to know that that bridge can be broken, but it's another thing to look at that bridge and know, you know, if it breaks, I can rebuild it. Um, so I hear the name Brandon Captures. I'm hearing you talk about self-awareness. I'm very interested in this connection between you as a photographer capturing people as they want to be seen and what that does to your eye and you understanding better yourself. I normally make a joke, uh, you know, at a lot of my photo shoots and or events where I'm taking pictures that, you know, I, you know, I come from a position of not feeling like I had the looks to really be the one that desires to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. And so that was a, a little inkling of an inspiration for me to at least say, well, what can I do getting behind the camera? And so, in essence, when I'm taking pictures of people and, you know, when it comes to me understanding, like, okay, maybe this moment is different for them. And, you know, maybe it's also something that's different for me. And I'm starting to understand this person. I'm starting to understand more about, like, how I'm capturing them, what this means, you know, and and also... Mm as a photographer and as a creative photographer, how can I, you know, convey a message through the way that I'm capturing this image? So, you know, something that I've kind of sort of been through with that is just really discovering how, what I can do different. You know, what is it that I desire that, 
can sort of kind of, I guess you'd be, say, be altered and kind of just like a little bit tweaked to get, try to invent something new, you know? Um, and again, like I said, like I come from a position of seeing a lot of photographers sort of carry this similar personality and or attitude, which then told me, okay, well, you know, the first thing that I think this industry needs is a little bit of revival, you know, maybe a different mm-hmm. attitude. So, you know, now it's funny, the first couple of events, or rather some events that I've shot, there have been people that were not used to a photographer having like charisma and energy, you know? So it's like, you know, when they're introduced to that, perhaps at the first moment, they're kind of like, like, wow, like, you know, this element is new to me. But at the same time, what I had to understand is how it was being taken by my audience. And, you know, as it turned out, it was taken really well. And it's happened to be something that has carried me throughout my career. So. hmm how long did it take you to develop a voice or an aesthetic that you felt good about? I probably have to say that's an on and off thing. And the way I would describe that and, and how I would, you know, normalize it for other people, if they may feel like, you know, they feel the same. It's kind of like one of those things like you, you, you measure growth. But you also know you go through these different points in life where you have different set of goals. And so it's, it's growth in reference to those goals. And then there's growth in reference to these goals. So mm-hmm. when it comes to like finding your voice, sometimes there may be a moment in your life where you have a message and you're finding your voice for that message. And then there are other moments where you have other messages and or other missions. And what you're doing is, you know, maneuvering and trying to also find that voice. And so, you know, I feel like I've been through different periods in that, which has also helped sort of, you know, pave my way into what I do now. Because when I first started, it was sort of, you know, like I said, like before I was actually doing photography as a business, I was the marketing director for a company, my brother Dakota and I had started, uh, you know, so it was just really something that helped me sort of pave my way. And I really felt like at those different times and different peaks, when I had those different goals, I felt like those were different voices that I was really sort of reaching for and trying to find ways to develop because there were times where, you know, at that moment, what I had been doing primarily was like more mentorship and more community engagement, but that was Mm -hmm. also to help build up a community that now I can also inspire creatively, you know? So then it it requires you to sort of manipulate yourself and kind of like turn into these different, you know, versions of where you can kind of like put one thing down and then start to do this. And, you know, some people will say you want to really work on one thing and continue to work on that until it's done and then work on something else. But, you know, all of our brains are wired differently you know, and we, we all think differently. And so it's just like, at the end of the day, if, you know, you make off really well by being able to sort of, you know, uh, not, not only multitask, but really kind of just like reorder things in your life and be able to adapt to times and do that constantly, then, you know, I feel like if it if it's what benefits your community, then that's what you focus on. Do you believe that one can multi-focus? I do believe, I do believe, yes. Okay. So how does your work as a community organizer and your work as a photographer, um, how are they in communication? I think it makes sense that I own those businesses and that I do that work. Uh, I think everything connects well, because for me, it's all about exploring other people and exploring Mm -hmm. how my creative element or that thing that I have inside can then inspire that group. So, you know, through the community organizing, again, it's really like 
reaching out for people that are like me, reaching out for people that have been through things I've been through, reaching out for people that are in places that I aspire to be, and then being able to allow them to connect so that we can all learn more about each other. So, you know, I just feel like there's a big connection between what I do because we can learn more about how we can benefit each other with the skills that we have. Mm -hmm. And how do you find these people to collaborate with? It's, that itself is a journey. There are certain challenges that we long for to really sort of like dissolve and just become easier for us as entrepreneurs. But these challenges have realistically existed since, you know, the beginning of what we've known. I think it's key for people to explore their collaborative options early, but to really focus on knowing their audience like, and have that first. Because one thing that I did and that I will you know, take accountability for and speak on is that you know, sort of my name had also uh, really sort of moved a little bit faster than I expected it to. And that connected me to a wider audience than I planned to be connected to, which then allowed me to sort of get lost in a mix thinking that, all right, at this point, I think that it serves me best to be connected to as many people as I can. And that's not always the right thing, you know? And so it's, it's, it's vitally important to understand your audience, uh, to have people to help you, uh, you know, just in case your, your, you know, sense of discernment isn't as sharp. Mm -hmm. How does your past experience inform your current journey? It really, again, it speaks to the persistence and personality thing. Uh, because a lot of my past and a lot of it as a sum is really like one big lot full of like me reaching doors that, you know, had locks on it that there were no keys invented for them, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's just like, what are you going to do? That's the hand that I've been dealt multiple times. What are you going to do? The door is here, but you're never, you're never going to have a key to this door. So what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to push for specifics a little bit. What gotcha. is what are some of the unexpected applications that have come from, for instance, working in the casino industry that you can apply right now to Brandon Captures and also um, Peak Scholars Academy? Uh, so it became apparent for me to build businesses like what I have now from things like that due to me experiencing the positions that I held and my impact at those positions. So in the casino industry, I started off as a security guard. I was an overnight security guard working on the worst shift. You know, you work in a midnight shift, you get no sleep, but then, you know, the next day starts and you got to be back there by the same time. I started to kind of like really appreciate it and take it for what it was. But I was also a standout security guard because, and you're going to hear this word press on so much because of my personality. And so the personality thing was something that allowed me to maneuver in a way where I was the type of guard that was in the right place at the right time. And, you know, just the right things would happen for me. And so that turned into me actually getting a promotion into human resources. And mm -hmm. so when I got into human resources, I was put in charge of pretty much literally my job then was what I was called to do now. My job at that time was to get people through this door at a point in time where they might be most anxious. 
and, and, and have every reason to just walk away, just give them something inspirational to get them through this door. So I was the gateway between people and their sort of audition to apply f- to work for the casino. Uh-huh. So, you know, everybody from your executive managers to your bartenders, to your restaurant managers, to your chefs, to your servers, to your security guards would come and they would meet me first. I'd be the first engagement that they make. And it would sort of just be like a comforting group session of just like, yo, how can we break down the barriers that we're setting up in our minds to just get to the goal? The goal is getting this job. The minute you get this job, everything can be different for you. So like, what do we need to do? And that job there like impacted me the most. And I was surrounded by a management, a dynamic management team that supported me and also gave me the freedom and flexibility to, to like, I guess it's like, if I was an actor, I'd have to say that that director definitely gave me the freedom to like put my full character into, you know, into play and do what I wanted to do with the role. And so, you know, that just led to me realizing like, this, this is what life is about. Life is about like taking like people that sometimes feel like the, the only answer is can't or won't and then mm-hmm. creating some type of opportunity out of that. And, and so that went on and about a year in working for human resources, I got promoted into marketing. And so when I was promoted into marketing, they put me into uh, back into the casino because working in human resources, I was actually moved uh, outside of the casino environment and into more of an office-like environment. So that was also something too that sort of, I guess kind of got me a little bit more straight I would say for most people that know me and know my story, that was like the beginning of the suit wearing Brandon because mm-hmm. I, you know, I had to come to work in a three piece suit every day. So I started to get these, I started to like walk and talk that entrepreneur, you know, it's like, I started to yeah. be that person that like, okay, I'm, I'm a standout in my business to an extent where everything I'm doing is like really based off of what I feel like is impacting people the most. And then that was the, the beginning of it. And when I went into marketing, that's sort of when, the job and the impact I had on people, it was, it was still my freedom because I'm always going to be me no matter what position I'm in. But it was also like the job that becomes too much about numbers and too much about, oh, well, you know, the connection could be there, but because of this element, you know, maybe we're not going to meet this goal. And so for me, that was a big picture that sort of explained to me what like the big picture in life is. And that is just kind of like, we, we got to take hold and make sure that we stand by the messages that we represent because I felt out of place at the time where I started discovering that I wanted to walk away from the job. I felt a little out of place where, you know, I don't feel like my morals are aligned with what working at this type of place means. And if I was to make a career out of this, like, I don't want to be contradictory to like my, to what I feel inside. Yeah. And, and that burned like, far enough for me to to make that decision Mm, yeah beautifully said um what is the third piece of a three-piece suit is it the little vest (laughs) you got your shirt you got your vest and you got your jacket and you got a really nice tie and or your uh, bow tie okay um i'm interested in if you have any advice or any experience in how to deal with an opportunity that comes to you when you're not quite ready. It's it's really something where you have to you have to explore your comfort levels and you definitely have to explore how like what it is you feel and how you're impacted by um I'm sorry, pretty much 
like your cause and reaction, like you really have to understand your reaction to the things that happen that, that are unexpected and the decisions that you're going to have to make when you're going to have to sacrifice something that, again, you feel comfortable with. Because that, essentially that's what it is. You know, the idea of not being ready for something is a simple sacrifice of you believing you're unprepared for an unknown, you know, moments where, you know, the, in the external and in, in what you can see you are not quite ready, but how comfortable are you and have you been with the unknown? I like to reflect a lot, you know, and so I, I don't know how deep most people's history is with, you know, situations where they've had to make dark sacrifices or make deep decisions that would influence, you know, whole groups of other people. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm able and, you know, blessed enough to be able to reflect on a lot of my military time and having to make sacrifices and decisions that are just kind of like, you know, at that time, I was also very young. You know, I went into the military as young as I could. And so, you know, I was in my teens and, you know, there were things that I at that time felt like I hadn't even, you know, been educated on. But in that situation, you don't truly get to make the decision off of like a moral standpoint. You know, you don't get to make the decision off of, oh, well, because I don't feel ready, I'm just not. You know, it's more of like, am, am I at peace knowing that I'm going to have to even though I don't want to, or am I just going to do it? So like having to be that way for so long really sort of equipped me now, even as an entrepreneur to say, okay, at certain times, there are going to be decisions that, yeah, like I'm going to look at it and the scale may seem outweighed, but I know that with, you know, with chance, with faith, with persistence, with personality, with execution, with support, with health, with all of these things, I can tip that skill. You know, and so it's just like it's equipping yourself with that. And I think that that comes from, you know, trial and error. And again, really sort of like, uh, you know, exploring your comfort levels with trial and error, because when decisions like this come around, which they will all throughout my life, mm -hmm. it's who I am that's going to make that, that consistent decision. You know, it's not it's not the opportunity. You know, it's not, it's not like, oh, it wasn't good enough. Like, oh, if, if this company would have called me or if there was this much money on there, I would have said it. You, mm -hmm. you don't technically know that. You know, the opportunity could come in and you're still sitting on that same line of, is this me or no? You know, and so it's just, it, it, it all comes back to understanding more about yourself. Um, and, and one bright example that I have is, you know, also a testimony as well. During a period throughout my professional career and owning branding captures there was a time where you know i didn't have a completely stable and comfortable living arrangement and so you know there were times where literally my day-to-day -day was needing to have to have work to be able to go to so that i could just continue to keep going and just basically get naps in between but during that time which were at, at moments some of my darkest hours and some of the times where I didn't even feel like I had the mental capacity to do certain things. I also received blessings that came in the forms of business opportunities mm -hmm. that would tell me this is going to be a sacrifice. You're clearly not in the place that most people, 99% most people would want to be to even have to accept this. But who are you and what are you going to make of it? And, and that has helped me turn my life around completely. Uh, you know, even if I'm able, I have to definitely give a shout out to the company that I'm speaking in reference to is actually mm -hmm. Pico. 
you know, I was able to establish a, a formal business relationship with Pico uh, at their headquarters in Philadelphia, you know, by way of having a connection and communication with their company and just having a relationship being intentional and also organic about establishing a true beneficial mutual relationship where we could help each other and where what I did could benefit them in whatever it is that they've done. And now they've been a consistent client of mine for almost two years, but they were a company that literally that meeting and everything going on with like, you know, what we were going to create and what was going to become happened at a time where I couldn't particularly bet on myself, but I still chose to. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the language you chose of believing that you can handle the unknown. Um, yes. Because I do think that it it really does come down to a choice of like, yeah, you're not as prepared as you'd like to be, but how often are you really? <laughs> right. You know? Right. And we, we try not to get too cliche with it. You know, we try to say, well, just saying, how often are we not? Is just like, you know, not not letting ourselves get upset if something drops or if we stub our toe, you know, because it happens yeah. all the time. But no, it hurts. You know, I want to I want to complain. I want to grab it and I want I want somebody <laughs> to come and console me. But, you know, at the end of the day, you just it's being at peace with understanding the reality. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about Peak Scholars Academy? What is it? Yes. Uh, and I, I can also be brief with that as well. Uh, so with Peak that again really came from a place where there was something about what i had been through myself that could become essential for others and you know so again another testimony of mine is that i didn't particularly do as i would have desired throughout school you know and growing mm -hmm. up and so you know my time in school i guess you could say i was the child that felt like entrepreneur can be a thing one day in my life. I don't know it yet. I don't know the word. I don't even know what it means, but my actions and the things that I'm doing right now, I must clearly have a plan that says, look, regardless of what I'm doing, I'm going to be okay. And when I became an entrepreneur and started to move around the community and realized that what I was doing, even before just being the photographer, I was really sort of helping people and speaking whatever my knowledge of entrepreneurship was into wherever they were in their businesses. And I realized that, you know, the reality of it is that's teaching right there. And so, you know, it became so much where I enjoyed it and I also enjoyed learning from others. And I realized that that's school, you know, be, being able to build an environment where everybody can learn from each other. And so Peak was designed to really be a school for anyone that wanted to find themselves somewhere in this entrepreneurial scale, whether you know you just want to get a little bit more creative with an idea, whether you just want a little bit more support, whether you, you need to start from fresh, you know, and to just really sort of build like a sense of a family around this idea of there can be a lot of dynamic people with dynamic ideas just supporting each other out here. You know, it doesn't have to be very cutthroat. It doesn't have to be, you know, a sports industry. It doesn't have to be competitive. You know, it can literally just be like, hey, your business benefits mine. My business could benefit his. And it can just be a chain effect. And so literally all our communities are just rich and wealthy and like well-groomed and, you know what I mean? And have the yeah. essential things and our youth are taken care of and, and families are able to live comfortably and see each other and things like that, you know? Yeah, that's beautiful. Now we're moving into the seedling section. <laughs> seedling. This is a beautiful conversation as well, so I wanted to add thank you again. Hey, thank thanks. You. I 
do my best to ask questions. <laughs> Absolutely. So seedlings, same kind of energy as lightning round, where it's kind of quick questions, high energy. What is your favorite thing to shoot? Events. Events. What kind of events? If, yeah, if you wanted me to be more specific. <laughs> uh, networking events. Yeah, but it's, 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 it's such a standard. But at the end of the day, you know, I like that sense of it. I think that's the truest environment where I belong because mm -hmm. that's where it all started for me. Mm -hmm. What are your favorite shooting conditions? Light outside, preferably good lighting inside if we're inside. Mm -hmm. If this is an event we're talking about, and if this is my favorite event, preferably, you know, some good drinks uh, that doesn't have to be, you know, adult drinks that could just be mm -hmm. like, you got my favorite sodas, <laughs> um, you know, and just, just really like a comforting environment, you know, just any, anything comfortable, anything that really kind of sets the tone. Yeah. Anything mm -hmm. energized by people. Can you paint a picture of um, your favorite shoot that you've done thus far? I'd have to say, and it might it might be on one of my Instagrams because I have like three Instagram accounts where I've mm -hmm. posted content. This snowy picture that I have of my backyard, uh, you know, I used to live in Glenside for a little bit. So that's county living for those that don't know. And it was just one of these really snowy days years and years ago. And I had my camera and I put my camera out the window and took a picture of it. And I remember at that point in time, I didn't, I had no idea I was going to become a photographer, but I definitely had the hobby and the eye. And so like, I was so worried about like perception and how it was coming out and some uh, symmetry and things like that. And I think that, you know, if I were, if I were to submit photos for like some of my best work, I think that even though it's just a simple, well-layered picture of, mm -hmm. I think that that would probably be one of my candidates for like one of the best pictures I've ever taken. Nice. Cool. Thank you. Um, would you like to plug your three Instagrams and everything else? <laughs> so uh, I try not to be difficult. My main Instagram is really kind of the only thing that's different here. Okay. So okay. Suave Soldier. Mm -hmm. All right. That's my Instagram for those. My personal, it's a journey of who I am, what I've done, what I'm about. And you'll only receive positive, vibrant, uh, uplifting content on that page. And then there's my two branding captions pages, which mm -hmm. are very well liked by Instagram. So if you just type in Brandon captures the right way, it will come up and you'll see two different logos, one black, one red, but it's Suave Soldier branding captures and that's Instagram for you. On Facebook, LinkedIn, and anything else, if you wanna look up me personally, it's Brandon C. Ballard, C. Like Charles. Awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anything that any sort of last thing that you want to say? You don't have to add anything, I just wonder. Understood. Uh, well, I did also want to make that note again to just, you know, really shout out and thanks to anybody out there that's really putting in any work right now where they're putting themselves at risk, you know, essentially to be able to allow life to continue to go on. Uh, for all of us, you know, uh, I just want to, again, I really hope that my message reached any creators out there that may seem a little misplaced at the moment and or just needing a little breath of inspiration, uh, you know, because I too am just finding different ways to sort of multiply myself at the time and really kind of like just benefit off of, you know, just how I can. 
I thank you for having me, Athena. I believe this is a beautiful platform. This was also an amazing conversation, very enthusiastic, very kept me engaged. And I think these questions were amazing. Um, I've been on a number of panels and been in uh, some interviews where, you know, I felt that questions were a little flat or didn't particularly allow me to explore, you know, just more of who I am and or why I am who I am. And I think that that's the most important thing for people to hear, especially when they're looking for inspiration, because it's not just about what I'm doing, but it's really sort of like, what are the things that I had to actually like flip upside down in order for me to be able to get here? Because without that, you'll reach that place and you'll just see me and think that I'm again, one of those people that just magically got there when it wasn't like that at all. So that's really all I have to say. Thank you so much. So that's good to know. It's good that you are getting the sense because that is what this, that's, that is my goal for this podcast is to really highlight. Right. Yeah. It was like, I wanted to focus on sacrifice and all this stuff, but right. that's not, uh, I think that scares people away. Um, look, it's the, look, it's the, it's the real and it's the truth and it's the stuff that people need to hear. So, yeah. you know, regardless, and it's, you know, it's, it's scary stuff, you know, but I get it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Hello, welcome to the end of this episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you. I hope that you got something out of this. And if you learned something, if you laughed, if you even just like my energy, please rate, review, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That will really help for this podcast and this community to grow. That helps me get more guests, and it means I can give you more of this delicious content. Much love, Athena Sayak.